Hey, I'm Ruben from Dub. Welcome to Connection Loop, our actionable podcast about building businesses with daily human connections. Connection Loop features long form interviews with fascinating people in sales, marketing, and beyond. Enjoy today's episode and learn more about Dub at dub.com. And we are live. Hey guys, this is Ruben from Dub's podcast, Connection Loop. Uh, one of the things that I always like to start my podcast with is that. I got two kids, and if they come storming in that dorm here, they are part of the script and they are part of the show. So, so uh, with that, I'll jump right into it. Today we've got Dino Carter, and Dino is a branding expert, Los Angeles-based, uh, where I'm actually also based. And we're going to get into this topic of you know brand building in a revenue growth format. I think it's really important that we talk about this because. When people think about branding, sometimes they get intimidated. I can't afford to build a brand. I need to pay the bills, right? And we need to we need to break out of that scarcity mindset. So if you could, Dino, please just give me a short bio on yourself and then let's just let's get into this topic. Yeah, sure thing. First, thanks for having me. Yeah, um, thank you. Second, it's Dino Age Carter. The age is very important. Um, it reminds me where I come from and where I go. And um, and that stands for Hollywood, right? <laughs> Actually, uh, no, but um, but some of my, you know, I, I'm a Harley biker and some of my friends uh, actually call me Hollywood just because I live here. And it's like so, you know, so they think the age is Hollywood as well, but it's not. It's uh, more mysterious than that. Nice. Uh, so, yeah, I've been in marketing for more than 20 years and I've done it in three totally different continents, which means cultures. I've done it in Israel, in England, and here in the US. And I started before there was, you know, first uh, a fast internet and mobile marketing and in all these things weren't there. And I worked with small companies, big brands like Levi's. I did PR for Levi's. Uh, that's how I started. I worked with MTV Europe, uh, merchandising and licensing. Uh, I had my own businesses. So I know how it is to get every day a phone call from the bank. Where is the money? Where is the money? Um, I know how it is to close your business. I know how it is to build that baby and you have to shut down doors. So, um, you know, and I grew with all this digital marketing and internet marketing. And a few years ago, actually, while I was back in England, um, I felt that there's there's a problem because it's so much easier today to start your own business. You know, just go to Starbucks. You know, if you have fast Internet, you can have a business. Mm. But on yeah, the between app- between Starbucks, Wi-Fi, a laptop or a phone and Fiverr, an account on Fiverr, which is an Israeli company as a founding, you can start a, any business. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, and with Wix, by the way, which mm. is another Israeli company, mm-hmm. you don't even need Fiverr. You need the you need you can build the website, you can build yeah. the logo, you can build, you know, the newsletter, yeah. everything in one place. But the thing is that creating sales and generating sales is harder than any other time because things are different because there's so much of the same whatever you are offering someone else is offering as well mm. mainly when we have a, an amazon prime based world 
Mm-hmm. Everything is based on sort by price. So why should they buy from you? Why should they go to your website? Why should they click on your ad? Why should they click on your hashtag? All of that is so much harder because it it wasn't like that back in the days. Mm. And the problem is that people and that everything is about the brand. People think they are, just like you said, they hear the word branding, they're like, oh, no, no, I don't have the budget for this whole, you know, corporate identity and logos and all that. And that's not what it is. That's design. Okay. The brand is a feeling. The brand is an emotion. The brand is what other people, your customers, think about your product or your service or your company. So you need to create that emotion, that feeling, that concept in their mind or in their heart or in their gut, and then they will buy from you again and again. They will use your hashtag. They will take selfies with your product. It's not about the money. Nike is Nike, not because of the amount of money that they have, because they didn't. Tesla is not Tesla because of the amount of money that they have, because you know that we can, you know, push tons of money into a campaign, but it will not work if it's not done right, if it's not aligned to our target audience, for instance. Now, one of the things that I think about when I think about a brand for a company is that a person has to go through their own spiritual journey and process of self-awareness to understand truly who they are. It's the founder, it's an executive, it's a marketing person, it's a branding person. They need to understand who they are and what their personal brand is, right? And then only can you have this mindset or this philosophy of applying the same the same thing to, to what the business is, i.e. if a if St- Starbucks was a person, what would that person be like? What would they look like? What would they sound like? What would they feel like? So how might you guide us to A, understand ourself, and then B, understand the self of the business, i.e. the brand? That's, that's, that's a great question. First of all, not all businesses uh, need to have a founder or a CEO or a manager with their personal brand. Only if there's some kind of a connection, such as Apple, it's they have to, it's part of it, you know? The owner, the founder, the CEO is part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, Bill Gates is a part of Microsoft as a company, as a brand. So he has to have his own personal brand. Tesla, the same but there are companies that either it's not part of the brand or it shouldn't be part of the brand so don't always try to put a connection between the personal brand of the founder and owner and the company both need brands in today's world everyone needs a brand but to connect them you don't always have to connect them Now, understanding this brand and how to get to that 
um, to know your brand, to discover your brand, as I always say, you need to focus on three questions or base it on three questions. Who, what, and why? Who is the brand? Just like you said, if my brand was a person, who would it be? Would it, you know, age, demographics? What kind of social media my brand will use? Where would it get its news? Maybe my brand doesn't listen to the news at all. It doesn't, he doesn't care about the news. Would it be old one, not old, um, female, male? Is gender a thing? Let's say, what, what car would it drive? Would it drive a Mustang? Would it drive a Prius? Would it drive a Jeep? What kind of personality traits my brand will have? You really have to build that persona. What kind of hashtags my brand would follow? What kind of um, media, social media they will follow? So you have that to understand who is the brand. What are, their, what are their values? What do they stand for? Are they kind of take a stand on politics or not? And then you need to understand who are your customers and see if there's an alignment. Now, the alignment doesn't mean that your customers has to be the same as your brand's persona. Maybe, let's take a, an example. So your brand is really cool but you can target people who are uncool but they really want to be cool mm -hmm. and you focus on them and you know that their pain point is very focused they want to be cool they try to be cool so you know exactly what kind of content they want and you give them you know exactly what pain points they have what are their needs and with your marketing and products, you answer their specific pain points. You know, it's so interesting because when you say this, you know, what I'm reminded of going back to that example of Wix, you know, Wix had a statistic that came out the other day and I used it in their in some of their marketing collateral. And it said, you know, every X second, you know, someone is making a website on Wix, right? And it's this, it's this huge number. It's like in the millions or hundreds of millions. Yeah. It's an insane number. And it's like, talk about social validation. And when I thought about that number, I said, wow, they're growing at the speed of light. I see their ads. They're so gender agnostic. They're compassionate. They're empathetic. I remember GoDaddy. You know, GoDaddy was one of the early website development companies founded in, I think, 1998, in the beginning you know, early days of the internet. And if you might recall, GoDaddy, their their persona, their brand persona was completely machismo. It was all alpha. Women are sexual objects, right? They would use models and they'd be in hot cars and they'd show a lot of skin, bare midriff, you know, just sexual, right? And I think they realized that, you know what, it's not just men that want to feel like that and connect to that. It's everyone. And People need compassion when it comes to building a website and patience. And I think Wix completely destroyed their market in a lot of ways. And now you, I notice now if you go to the GoDaddy website, all of that is gone. 100% of it is gone. They now are just like Wix, right? Exactly. And I think, 
You know, and I think that it's so interesting because the reason why GoDaddy was like that was because the founder was like that. That's the founder. It is the corporate brand was an extension of her, his personal brand. When is that a good thing and when is that a dangerous thing? Uh, when when the support is has a reason. Mm -hmm. uh, just like uh, I was just interviewed, me and other uh, brand and marketing um, people, uh, should companies take a political stance? And what I say in one sentence, if it's part of your brand, you should. If you're doing it only for marketing reasons, because you think you will gain more sales or more brand awareness from it, don't do it. Gillette, one of the biggest brands in the world, did it just for marketing aspects, and they got nailed. They lost millions and millions in sales in six months just because they tried to do something. So if there is no correlation between the personal brand of the founder and the brand, you shouldn't even do it. And more than that, if you try to do that and tell your founder or CEO, hey, you need to change and put on a different face uh, for the public so there will be alignment, wow, that's going to bite you in the ass. Don't tell anyone to change. Authenticity is the most important thing. And it's going to continue like that. It will just going to continue. Now, remember that in the late 90s, the first days of the internet, it was very, very male-oriented world. Um, even the, the females that were there were, were, were very go-getters, uh, part of the gang. I mean, you remember before the bubble burst, we had we partied like rock stars. It was crazy. Um, it was a different world. Mm. Well, you know, you know, you know, one of the best comments that sums up what you're talking about is I think when Katie Couric was describing what the internet is. And she's like, it's the internet and there's email and I don't know what it is. And she was this damsel in distress <laughs> that's explaining what these, you know, maybe male, maybe not. But, you know, it's almost like she's just looking at this. And, and that is not where we're at now. Everything has changed. I mean, now, you know, women are in positions of leadership, major CEOs. And, and then beyond gender, now we've transcended gender in a lot of ways. So we've come a long way. Oh, yeah. Crazy. I mean, think about it, even when you think about technology and, you know, change used to happen uh, every 50 years, 60 years, then it dropped to about 30, 20, then it dropped to about a year and a half, like a uh, full cycle of change is a year and a half, which was like super, super fast. But just think how much change we had in the last six months. Mm-hmm. And change is always in tech, uh, in social realm, in finance, in so many aspects, change is so fast. And the world is totally different. Yeah. 
I want to try to make a correlation here. There, there are people that are saying, what is it that I can invest into right now where I can profit from what's happening right now? And, and some people say, well, oh, well, let's get into the health space and let's get into the vaccine space and let's get into whatever product we need right now. Let's invest into that. And then the counter argument to that might, might be, well, listen, if you're going to invest into something like that right now, you're probably three to six months late. <laughs> and you're going to be the 80% of the people that give the capital to the 20%. Now, what? how can we be more future thinking? How can we think about what it's going to look like in months from now, where what you said earlier is that Joshua Tree is jam-packed with people. There's a line outside of the park for miles of people trying to get in because the lockdown is unlocked. From a lifestyle perspective, what should we be thinking about? From a branding perspective, how can we stay you know, in flow with what's happening? How do we be more future thinking about our branding? That's, that's a great question. And if, if we learn something this year is that it's really hard to predict. Um, but I think that, you know, it's all about processes and trends. So, for instance, I don't think you or I or anyone were surprised with the increase in e-commerce in 2020. Like marketing online people, salespeople, no one was surprised about that. No one was surprised about increase in LinkedIn. No one was surprised even, mainly when we're talking about brand, that the it will be more about connection. It will be more about one-on-one. -on -one. People need that. And I think that some of the things will continue from COVID. For instance, the physical touch um, will change a little bit, but it will take some time before people will, you know, hug each other for the if they see if they don't know each other, or even um, shake hands for the first time. You know, I've never met you. We're in a meeting. We're gonna shake hands. I don't know. On the other hand, everything that is about going out of the house people will just people will not stay indoors if they can go out if there's no reason to stay indoor people will not stay indoors um, there will be a huge spike in travel in leisure um, restaurants clubs all of that is going to change um, we talked before about clubhouse like the eat word in social media i think clubhouse unless they will find some kind of feature um additional feature uh clubhouse will not be as big um if tomorrow people will be able to go out and there will be no lockdowns because remember this is and then just to clarify, just to clarify, tell us what Clubhouse, what that app is. It's an audio-based, explain that to right. us. Right. So think that Clubhouse is a place to talk and listen. No videos, no photos. You, It's like chat rooms. You remember the first days when there were chat rooms? That was like a huge thing. Everybody wanted to be in a chat room where you just 
talk to people and listen to what they have to say and exchange ideas. There are no chat rooms. You know, it when that died, it just died. So in Clubhouse, you actually, uh, you don't even record. You like just talk to the phone or listen to, to the phone and listen to what people say. After a while, all of that uh, sound files, they delete it. They go away, just like Snapchat, where the images and the videos are not there to stay. And during global lockdown, where everyone around the world need to stay at home, of course, something like that will work. Because, okay, you know, I'll just listen. I put it on a speaker or I put on my, my headphones and I listen. And it's really interesting because there's some really interesting stuff over there. But if I can go out to party and forget about the last at least year and a half of COVID, I'm not listening to anything. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to have fun. I want to meet people. I want to touch people. I want to have love i want to make love i want to see nature i want to have experiences that's what's going to happen the minute everything will i hope <laughs> go back to no lockdowns you know this you know what this reminds me of is that startup uh, called quibi which was founded by the ceo of hp mm-hmm. uh, meg whitman and amazing they, woman by the way yeah yeah amazing right and she that that startup shut down and it's a little odd that in a global pandemic where video consumption skyrockets, where people are at home watching Netflix and watching Amazon video and going ballistic on that, in that environment, an upright phone startup dies. It's it's bizarre to me. Like, what happened? What was off? Was the brand not, off? Not bizarre at all. Tell me. <laughs> the writing was on the wall. Tell me. Most of the startups that are cynical from the ideation will never be wow. They just wanted to be like. They said, hey, there are these millennials and Gen Zs and all this video, let's create money out of that. There was no substance. Mm. That's first. Second, none of them Unfortunately, all of them are amazing people. Like, amazing. Yeah, Jeffrey Katzenberg was on was one of the amazing founders. That can't look at the map and see the map and mm. understand. Okay, they didn't understand uh, their target audience. They didn't understand what they need to bring to the table uh, when there's Netflix. So what are you, so why you? You see the, the, the word here, why? Mm. Why is super important. A, why did you start the business when you talk about personal brand and all that? Why did you do it? Like, think like a shrink. Why did you do it? Forget about the money. You didn't do it for money when it first started. If you did it for money, <laughs> you will not have a brand. Just focus on sales, sales, sales. But why should they buy from you? Why should they leave Netflix? Leave YouTube and go just to watch what? But so- see, but my my issue with this with this though is that 
anytime that there's a corporate entity, a conglomerate that says we want to, or a group of them that says we want to go invest into this market because we see, you know, a massive market for this, right? And we want it, we want to sell to millennials or whatever. You know, the intention of that is profit. It doesn't have the great founding story where someone says, I really want to help people to find better nannies for their kids. Of course, of course. But so how can how can companies keep their intentions pure with truly helping people and not being overly focused on exploiting markets? That's a great question. A company has one goal, and that is to create more income for stockholders. That's it. Now the question is, how are we going to do it? We're in 2021. We're not in 1821, where there's no internet, there's no press. You can do whatever you want to your workers. You can steal, you can sell crap that doesn't exist and tell that people that it's like, I don't know, whatever will we'll prolong their lives. So snake, you're talking about snake oil. <laughs> exactly. Uh, damn. Ford. We're talking about the early 1900s. There was a strike. So they just shot the workers, like shot with guns. Nobody knew about it. Only tens of years later when, you know, it went out to the media. So the question is, how are you going to do it? What is the process that that you're going to take? What is your ideation process? Why do you do it? So the company is doing it for a profit, but then you have to answer the why. Why should they buy? Why should they use? Ah, Quibi says, because it's very short uh, content. Because mm. they don't have the attention span and all. And all. That, that's bullshit. That's bullshit because people sitting in front of Netflix and watch and binge one hour long episodes 12 in a row <laughs> so why do you, if if it's short they can go they have their facebook they have instagram they have they don't need that they have tiktok they yeah. have you so right. why yeah so bring something and again i'm not into this whole altruism i help this or this or this not everybody helps. Not everybody needs a brand with substance and legacy. But you really need to think, okay, who am I? What exactly do I want? And how am I going to do that? Am I going to chase the buck? Or am I going to chase legacy? And legacy, just like Oprah said, is not the thing that you build. Legacy is the amount of people you touch mm -hmm. in a deeper level. So that's legacy. And that's totally different than get subscribers just because you want subscribers. Well, part of your legacy is, is your, your book, in fact. And I'd love to understand that. What, what was the process like? What was your uh, inspiration story for that? What is it about? So the W system, and actually I'm now uh, writing uh, a few additions to it, uh, so it will be even easier to use. 
once I understood that those W questions, who, what, why, um, are a system that you can use in order to understand everything about your business and build that brand, and it can help every process in your business, even HR, you know, um, if the people that, that I'm looking for are not on brand, they will not be happy coming to work, which means that my brand will not be uh, optimized. So I just said, hey, let's take those questions and write down how you can use it and how to understand this whole system that if you want, you can just use you know, all your stakeholders for three hours and come up with discovering your brand, understanding your business so well that everything will be much better. Um, a fintech that I worked with uh, and I, I brought from pretty much zero to being able to secure $14 million in investment just because I create a brand specific into their industry. They're not household name or anything, but in their industry. And they were, they were great, but they came with me. The CEO said something, I have great team, but something is not working. And in the first meeting, I understood that they don't know who they are. They don't understand the brand. They don't understand why, why do we come to work? So using the W system, I asked questions and all those questions are in that book. And all of a sudden they understood exactly what they're doing, why they're coming to work. I am a very one-on-one -on -one, um, kind of consultant. Um, some say that it's some of my, my sessions mainly uh, when I work on the W system, it's like going to the shrink because I ask questions like, you know, why did you start this business? That's not an easy question. Everybody says uh, to make money. No, no, there's something else. Let's find your brand story. Let's find that. And all of a sudden, this fintech company, <laughs> just like it was like, Everyone understood something. All mm -hmm. of a sudden, they wanted to come to work. They wanted to create better uh, marketing, better sales. All of a sudden, the sales team, we, we were able to create the right sales cadences, the right sales emails, the right scripts. Because before that, they were just trying to close deals on empty stomach. So that's exactly what you do with the, the W system and those, those questions. Nice, man. And you've got some great content on your website. Uh, could you guide us on where we can learn more about you, your website, social handles? Sure. Um, LinkedIn, first of all, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. Um, can get tons of, of, of knowledge over there. Um, of course, on dbrandingla.com. And if you're looking for one-on-one -on -one, um, coaching, training, consulting, uh, just go to dinohcarter.com and uh, you'll find me there. Amazing. Well, Dino H. Carter, I really appreciate you. Thank you so much for the time. And I will see you in Los Angeles very, very soon since we're in the same town. <laughs> Hell yeah. Thank you so much for having me.
Thanks, Dino.